0: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the Pokemon Snapshot. Hey Tyler, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing pretty fantastic. It's a wonderful Valentine's Day as as we are recording this. And, and it's the evening of Valentine's Day, and I'm actually spending it sitting in my basement talking to you about Pokemon, which should really not surprise me.
0: You know, I would have had Valentine's any other way. It's much better than any the other things, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, I'd have to spend it with my wife. Barf.
0: (laughs) All right. And Tyler, I do have another question for you. Were you
1: able to get your Pokemon Happy Meals? You know, I was not able to get my Pokemon Happy Meals. First of all, I don't need a lot of fast food to begin with, uh, which is shocking when you see my figure, but it's true. So I just haven't really been able to make it and and, and get any. But uh, apparently I would have a hard time anyway because people are actually scalping the Pokemon cards from McDonald's. Apparently entire cases of it are popping up for sale on eBay in various places.
0: Yeah, I heard they're like unopened cases. So is that like an inside job, some McDonald's
1: employees? Oh, it's an inside job. Imagine this. You're a McDonald's manager, you know. You're not making super great money and some guy comes up and is like, hey, I'm going to pay you all this money if you'll sell me cases of your Pokemon cards. I'd do it.
0: And what's all it is nice, though, that my daughter was able to get some and we even got a holographic Charmander. (gasps) I'll buy it for you, Jeff. I don't think she'll part with it. She she actually decided she wants to start collecting Pokemon cards. And so we bought her a binder to put her cards in. Oh, well, that's really nice,
1: but I'm still going to steal that from your daughter. Okay, I, I, I feel like she could take you. It's possible she's little. If she's fast, she could go for the knees or something. All right, and if you want to tell us
0: if you were successful or not with getting the Pokemon Happy Meals, you can tweet us at Pokemon Snapshot or email us at Snapshot at gmail.com. And so, Tyler, I think we're ready to get into the episode. Yeah, let's do this. It's a wild ride. Yes, I, I, you know, no spoilers, but I love this episode. One of my favorites.
1: This is a great episode. It has one of my favorite things happen to one of my least favorite characters. All right, so
0: we are talking about episode 23, The Tower of Terror, which in Japanese was called Capture at the Pokemon Tower.
1: Oh, our title is so much better.
0: Yes, yes. It aired on September 2nd, 1997 in Japan, and on October 7th, 1998 in the United States. And, before we get into the episode, I have a fun fact right at the start of the episode. Okay, go for it. So, this episode was temporarily banned from re-airing on Kids WB after the September 11th attacks due to the title. Really? Yeah, it was later put back into circulation, but it was banned for a little bit. Man, that was a wild time. Yeah, just because it was called the Tower of Terror, which, I mean, that's a Disney ride. I feel like that's the reference they're making. It's, also,
1: it, it's the Disney ride, Jeff. That's my favorite ride. It's
0: my favorite ride, too. It's also an amazing Disney Channel original movie.
1: Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. Yes. Is it on Disney Plus? It is not, and I hope they
0: put it oh. up for this Halloween because I love the movie, and because the original ride is actually based off of a Twilight Zone episode, and they made their own movie based on the ride. It is, yes. But yes, so I'm another reason we get along so well, Tyler. Our favorite ride at Disney World is the exact same.
1: And honestly, I am not even lying to our audience. I did not know that about Jeff before I said that. <laughs> Yes, so... Uh, I did not know that that was his favorite ride, so we're we in a connection here.
0: Yes, and I was so excited last time I went to Disney World. Got to take my parents for the first time, and I made my mom ride it, even though she's getting to the age she doesn't like these high ri- high-octane rides or whatever, all the thrills. I made her ride it because it is my favorite ride. As it should be. It's the coolest one there. Alright, so, now with that out
1: of the way, Tyler, let's get into the episode. Alright, we begin our episode with Ash and his party walking down a path through the forest. The narrator reminds us about the buck kicking and disappointingly vomitless defeat by Sabrina that Ash endured in last week's episode. The narrator also reminds us that Ash is now on his way to catch a ghost-type Pokemon at the Pokemon Tower in Lavender Town so that he may possibly be able to defeat her. As they walk, the fog begins to settle in, and Ash warns everyone that they, should, that they should try to not get separated. Misty thinks it is a bad omen and that they should consider turning back. And as someone who got separated and subsequently lost on their seventh grade field trip, which I mentioned a few episodes ago, I actually agree with Ash on this one. Brock suggests that they keep going because they have come too far. He suggests everyone holds hands to not get separated. Ash immediately grabs Misty's hand and they walk forward as Brock reaches out trying to find Ash's other hand. Unfortunately for him, he grabs Pikachu's tail by accident.
0: So something I want to point out here, Brock is like, hey, we should hold hands you know, so we don't get lost, Ash grabs Misty hands, they walk for a little bit, then that's when Brock decides to try to reach for a hand, so he suggested holding hands and then didn't, didn't even take his own advice.
1: Typical Brock. That is just very typical of him, and you are correct. He, did n- he failed at his own suggestion. But did you see how quickly Ash reached for Misty's hands? Oh, it was very quick. They zoomed in on that. They were trying to like insinuate something, I think, with the way they did that. Uh, pop quiz, Tyler. What do we call that
0: when when a fandom is trying to make trying to get two fictional
1: characters together? You learned this last episode. I'm brain farting because you put me on the spot. I cannot recall. Is it pirating? I don't know. You're close. It's shipping. Shipping. Yes, I knew it was. <laughs> I knew it was uh, sea themed. All right. Well, after Brock grabs, uh, Pikachu's tail, it startles Pikachu, and Pikachu proceeds to do what he does best and shocks the ever-living crap out of Brock. Misty tells Brock that his screaming scared her, and Ash begins talking in a possessed-sounding voice, and says that he feels like a ghost himself. Foreshadowing! He turns around wearing a skeleton mask and begins yelling, Uh, this scares Brock and Misty, and Ash takes off his mask and begins to laugh. He says that he was just testing them since they are going to try to catch a ghost Pokemon. They have to learn to deal with fear. That is what he says. Now, that was a very terrible practical, practical, uh, joke there, Ash, just whipping around with a mask and scaring your friends in the dark, spooky woods. Uh, Jeff, if you played that trick, you wouldn't even need a mask. Haha, you're so funny. And I want to pull back her Tyler, since
0: he was so mad, I stole his joke last episode. He wrote this joke into our script so he could say it and I wouldn't come up with it.
1: Right. I had to write it in the script. That's because last time when you stole it, I, I don't see the notes for the uh, for the um, who's that Pokemon for your little who's that Pokemon thing. I don't see the notes for that. So the joke that I the last week's joke that I tried to get out was like on the fly. This one was like planned. Alright, but something that I thought was interesting
0: about his mask is it looks just like a Duskull face, you know, way before this Pokemon even existed, and I wonder if it is where they got the idea for Duskull. I don't know, do you know what Duskull looks like?
1: Yes, I actually was going to make a comment about something similar to that. I I thought it looked like a Pokemon-type mask, but I couldn't place my finger on which Pokemon it was, but you've answered my question. Yeah,
0: yeah, it looks like a Duskull, and... I'll be honest. I don't know what generation. So if you want to tweet at us and tell us what generation, I could look it up. But we don't need to see when Duskull happened. But yeah, however farther it was in in the Pokemon series.
1: Mark your calendars, everybody. Jeff not knowing a Pokemon fact does not happen often. We should be looking out for other signs of the apocalypse as the weeks come. <laughs> Misty and Brock get mad at Ash for his little joke and begin yelling at him, but nobody is more upset than Pikachu, who abruptly shocks Ash out of anger. So, you know, Pikachu's just dropping electric bombs here left and right. Ash, while laying on the ground in pain, says he guesses he will just save the mask until next Halloween. To the surprise of everyone, Ash and his party continue walking down the path and actually find Lavender Town without much difficulty. Shocking. They see the town before them with a creepy-looking tower just beyond it. They comment how they feel luck, how they feel lucky that they reached the town before dark. And when they came upon Lavender Town, this is what it made made me think of. Tyler,
0: do you remember the eerie music that played when you went to Lavender Town in the games?
1: Oh gosh, very vaguely.
0: Yeah, so they made the, the music of Lavender Town just very unsettling. And there's a, like a creepypasta about it you know what a creepypasta is oh uh, yeah yeah for sure okay so there's a creepypasta about it that it actually caused some people to commit suicide that's not true but there are other rumors about lavender town like there is a theory about blues radicate from the games or gary whatever you called him usually i called him tyler called him something inappropriate and i i was gonna say i can't tell you what i call gary um, but I usually called him something mean and not nearly as inappropriate. Um, but there's actually a theory about his Raticate from the games and why he visits Lavender Town. So, when you face Gary on the SSN, he has a Raticate on his team. And then the next time you see Gary is when you go to the Pokemon Tower and, you know, and he's there to visit, um... And he's there visiting as well, and he looks at him and he says, your Pokemon don't look dead. So the theory is that, uh, Gary is actually there paying respects and burying his Raticate that you killed during your fight on the SSAN.
1: Oh, that is so dark. Holy cow. Yeah,
0: people think way too much of these things, but that is one of the rumors or mythos stories that people have come up with.
1: Interesting, interesting. I'm willing to bet that they didn't leave that in the uh, in the uh, Pokemon Go games that came out recently. Well, no, so it's not truly what happened. I think
0: he says the same lines. It's just that's what people assume. Right, happened. I meant Be- the lines, though. Are the lines in Pokemon uh, Go, do you think? I, I don't know. I I don't remember. I didn't pay enough attention. But I okay. know he probably still has his Raticate, so his Raticate disappears randomly.
1: Okay, interesting, interesting. Unfortunately for the party, as they come upon the tower, we see that it has become dark outside, and Misty comments that it is just must always be dark there. Brock explains that this is the Pokemon Tower where ghost Pokemon hang out. It is a large and spooky medieval-looking tower that I most definitely would not go in myself.
0: Yeah, and just like I mentioned during our episode on the Ghost of Maiden's Peak, old paintings give me the creeps, old buildings also give me the creeps. So yeah, I definitely would not be going into that building as well.
1: Heck yeah, I'm in the same boat. It was uh, Stephen King's Rose Red. It was a miniseries on sci-fi like, god, I don't know, 20 years ago. Anyway, because of that, I also don't like old buildings. Misty and Brock then tell Ash that this is his chance to prove what a good trainer he is, and they begin to leave. Ash gets upset and says that they promised to help him catch a ghost Pokemon, and they tell him that they never promised any such thing. Ash then defiantly says that this is fine because he will have Pikachu to help, but Pikachu just lays out a sleeping bag and goes to sleep, you know, showing that he is not going in there either. It appears everyone is still upset with Ash because of his dumb little prank from earlier. Ash concedes that he should probably just wait until morning to go, so he pulls out his own sleeping bag and goes to sleep right there on the ground in front of the tower.
0: Why would you sleep out in front of the haunted tower? I mean, that just seems like the perfect way to get possessed. Or vomited on. Or vomited on. Or both. Or both. It could be both. I mean, it's already been told that you can just go to a Pokemon Center
1: and sleep there. Yes, I. I definitely would have done that. But no, he's just like sleeping bag time right here in front of the haunted evil tower. Morning comes but it is still dark. Misty hits a huge gong that wakes up Ash, and you can tell he's still a little nervous about what's going on when he says that perhaps he will be more brave tomorrow morning. As this is occurring, we see that Team Rocket is watching them. It appears that they are already in the tower, and they plan on stealing Pikachu when Ash and his party come inside to catch a ghost Pokemon. I'm honestly surprised that everyone is freaking out so bad about this spooky tower, and Team Rocket apparently has just, like, waltzed right on in and made themselves at home. I'm not sure if they are really brave or really dumb, but it's probably a mixture of both. Yeah, the, I I was
0: surprised. Like, everyone's so
1: scared of this t- tower, and they're like, oh, we're just here. We're here already. We're just chilling in this creepy little room watching people from the window. Jesse says to James that they should get started, and James walks across the room. But before he reaches his destination, he goes crashing through the old wooden floor he was walking on. Jesse and Meowth run over to see if he is okay, and Meowth, upon seeing James laying on the floor below in pain, says that the floor broke his fall. Jesse comments that these old places can be dangerous. As this happens, the door to the room that Jesse and Meowth are in slowly creaks open. Meowth notices and looks over to see a ghastly floating into the room. Meowth freaks out and tells Jesse to look behind her, but she questions him for a bit like, What? Behind me? What? Huh? And finally, she turns around, but Ghastly has already disappeared. Jesse says that he must be seeing things. You know, despite the fact that they are in a tower that is well-established to contain ghost-type Pokemon, but yes, there was nothing Meowth could have possibly seen. Gasly then floats down in front of Jessie's face and says, Don't tell me you are seeing things again in a voice that sounds vaguely like Jessie's. Meowth freaks out and scratches her across the face. Jessie, who does not seem to have seen Ghastly somehow, gets mad and says that Meowth has ruined her beautiful face. Jessie proceeds to hit Meowth with a metal sledgehammer. He bounces around the room and falls through the same hole from before and lands on James. He mutters that it was only a scratch.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it was ghastly talking. He was just moving his meow- his meow- his mouth. (laughs) Accidental (laughs) pun. Yep, moving his mouth as Jesse talked from behind him. So he was in front of her face, and he was just moving his mouth as she Uh, was talking. Oh, well, I
1: see. Yeah, you're probably right.
0: Yeah, and also, what is it with Jesse carrying those giant hammers around? I mean,
1: obviously, it's come in handy now twice. Yeah, she's got a thing for giant hammers, that's for sure. She's hit several people with a giant hammer in the last few episodes. Jessie, distressed, begins looking at her face in the mirror, but just then ghastly comes up behind her. She sees it in the mirror, turns around, screams, and faints. She falls through the floor landing on the other two. She thanks them for breaking her fall as James says that this place is dangerous. Just then they fall through another floor, the one that they were currently laying on, and we hear them screaming, as the scene changes to Ash and his party standing outside of the tower. So, in
0: the original Japanese version, James actually, he doesn't say how dangerous it is, he actually comments about how heavy Jessie is when she falls on him. Ha 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 Why
1: did they remove that? I, I don't know, but... That would have that, been way better. Yes. Misty comments that it sounds horrible in there, and Brock suggests, so they're standing outside and they hear all the screaming from Team Rocket, but they don't know it's Team Rocket, so Misty comments that it sounds horrible, and Brock suggests that it may be some sort of torture chamber.
0: And this was another change in the original Japanese version, because Brock says that they sound like the
1: screams are coming from hell. Oh my. That would have been cool if he could have said that, though I get why that was removed. Yes. We then change scenes to back inside the tower and see Team Rocket laying on the ground in pain after falling through yet another floor. Fortunately for them, this one appears to be made of concrete, so they are unlikely to fall through this one again. They get up off the ground and immediately see Ghastly. They scream and faint. Back outside, we see Ash and his party have heard the second set of screams. Ash says that those voices sounded familiar and Brock suggests that they go inside to see who it is. They begin pushing Ash towards the door, saying that he is going to go first. They walk inside the tower and begin calling out to see if anyone is home. The door closes behind them and it becomes pitch dark, so Ash sends out Charmander to use him as a light. Poor Charmander. I feel like he's basically just Ash's flashlight at this point. He never gets to really do anything interesting other than light up rooms that they're in. I mean, at least he's done has more use than Butterfree ever did. This is very true, but every Pokemon has had more use than Butterfree did.
0: Yeah, and also you think with how famous this tower is, it would be locked or have security so people cannot just walk in. Like they act like it's a famous tower. You, I'm sure you know they have to like sell tickets for tourists to come through and everything.
1: Oh yeah, they could do like ghost tours and things like that. That's a hot. That's a hot ticket item right now. They're really missing out on a golden opportunity. Lavender Town is. Charmander does a large fire blast to fire uh, a large fire blast to light up the room. Missy suggests that they come back during the day, and this confuses me because I thought it was already daytime, and it's just always dark around the tower. But Ash says that ghosts can't come out during the day, which also isn't true.
0: So. When you mentioned earlier that Ash went to sleep, I don't think he actually went to sleep. I'm pretty sure that Misty just hit the gun to get him moving, so that's why we're still on the same day here. Oh, we are still on the same day? Yeah, so he goes, oh, I'm just going to sleep, and Misty hits the gun and goes, no, you aren't. We need to get going.
1: See, I'll need to watch that again, because the way that they did it is he laid down the sleeping bag, he kind of rolled over, made it look like he was going to sleep, and then there was, like, a slight, like, change before she hit the gong, and she's like, she's like, it's morning, or something like that. I don't know. We'll need to watch it again, but either way, it's still confusing. Yeah. Because it is established that it's always dark around the tower, so it's not really going to matter, but they keep referencing Waiting Till Daytime. Brock then comes over with a candle, and Charmander lights it by blowing fire at Brock. This, of course, burns Brock as well. Pikachu laughs at him for this. And I take back what I said before. Maybe this is the reason, you know, why Charmander isn't allowed out of the Pokeball very often. Like, Brock just comes up, holds out a candle, says, hey, can you light this? And he lights him on fire.
0: Yeah, and with Pikachu laughing, I I also laughed at this because I like how Pikachu's masochist side is coming out again. Yeah, he's an evil little dude. Yeah, like when Meowth
1: almost died and he went, oh, darn, and now laughing when Brock (laughs) is getting fried. Yeah, yeah. Pikachu's an evil little dude. I like this. I never picked up on that as a kid watching this. They begin walking through the room, and Misty warns that they should watch the hole in the floor. Just before they can reach the hole to look down, however, ominous cackling begins to ring out around them. Misty asks where the noise is coming from, which again is odd because they literally know they are in a tower full of ghost Pokemon. Like throughout this entire episode, people are like, what was that? What was that noise? You're just just hearing things. No, it's well established that there's ghost Pokemon in here. Why are we all pretending like we don't know this now? (laughs) We then change scenes to see a Haunter and Gengar watching TV. Something funny happens on the TV, and they begin to cackle and laugh. Ghastly comes out and joins them in the laughing, so it appears that this is the noise that they are hearing, you know, when when they're walking through the corridor. We flash back to the party, and they are all walking down a long hallway. They see a door at the end and decide to enter the room. Upon entering, Ash begins calling out for ghost Pokemon, saying that he is there to capture them. Misty tells him to be quiet because if the ghost Pokemon know what he is up to, they won't come out of hiding. Just then, however, the lights flip on and some sort of fancy restaurant is laid out before them. Misty suggests that it could be maybe some sort of a reception hall or something.
0: And this kind of goes with my theory that maybe they like give tours or something because I guess someone has to be paying the electric
1: bill here. Right, and even going through the whole point of wiring it in the first place, because you know electricity did not exist when this tower was built. Yeah. In the center of the room, there is a string hanging down with a note tied to it that says, Pull this. Without hesitation, Ash walks up and pulls it because he be like that. Confetti bursts out, and a welcome sign falls down.
0: So this is probably the dumbest thing he has done in the entirety of the show so far. It's possible. He's done a lot of really dumb things, though. I mean, it doesn't seem dumb in hindsight because nothing bad happens because of it, but you're in a haunted tower. You don't just walk up and pull something that says, pull me.
1: That is true. Normal people would not do that. Very true. Just then, after this welcome sign falls down and the confetti bursts out, Uh, All the plates and silverware and chairs and tables and everything begin to float around the room as Ash and the party freak out. They begin to fly around, so all the items begin to fly around the room, and they actually start hitting people like a chair swings in and swoops up Brock, and and Ash gets hit by a few things, and so the party basically just runs out of the room in terror.
0: So I thought it was funny because you have Charmander, Pikachu, and Brock. They're all flying around, and Ash and Misty are like, let's just get out of here as they run without helping their friend or Pokemon. It's true.
1: It's true. I almost made a comment about that, but I didn't want to rewatch the scene to, like, figure out what was going on. But yeah, it's true. They're just like, oh, sayonara, losers. They left them as bait, Jeff, like what I would do to you and my wife in a situation like this.
0: Yes, I. you would definitely be Ash and Misty in this situation.
1: Definitely. Upon leaving, we hear the ghost Pokemon cackling to one another about the whole charade that they just pulled on Ash and his party. And that's when we
0: go into our Who's That Pokemon segment. Who's That
1: Pokemon!
0: Alright, and our Who's That Pokemon for this week is Gengar. Who, in Japanese, is called Gengar. Like, like, It's just like our Gengar, except it's with an A instead of an E.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: So, some basic information about Gengar. He's number 94 in the Pokedex. He's ghost and poison type. Uh, He's 4 feet 11 inches, but he does have a mega form, which is 4 foot 7 inches. So his mega form is actually smaller. Uh, Which makes sense. Have you seen his mega form before? I think so. So he kind of... He turns into this big hole in the ground, so that it makes sense that he's actually smaller in his mega form. Uh, he weighs 89.3 pounds in both forms. He is known as the Shadow Pokemon, and as I just said, he mega evolves with Gengarite. Right? All right, Gengar's origin. So his name origin Gengar and Gengar are possibly a shortening of Doppelganger. G- got, duh, I can't say it. Doppelganger a double of a person, which is fitting for a Pokemon with a habit of pretending to be a person's shadow. The kanji, mobarashi can also be read as Gang and used in words meaning phantom or illusion. There is also a striking pronunciation similar to the Danish word ginginger a f- term for ghosts found in Scandinavian folklore. What is Gengar based off of? Gengar seems to be based on general cartoonish ghosts, cats, or the Cheshire Cat and possibly on the distorted shadow of a human being as well, like shadow people. And it's kind of funny that they bring up the Cheshire Cat in this, because I was thinking when it was like the pull me, it makes me think of Alice in Wonderland, where it just has the bottles that says, drink me, and she does.
1: Right, right, right.
0: All right, so Gengar's biology. Gengar is a dark purple bipedal Pokemon with a roundish body. It has red eyes, a wide mouth that is usually curled into a sinister grin, and pointed ears. On its back are numerous spikes and it has smaller spikes on top of its head similar to tufty fur. Its arm and legs are short with three digits on both his, its hands and feet. It also has a stubby tail. As Mega Gengar, a portion of its body sinks into the ground and its arms and tail lengthen. The lower portion turns a more reddish-purple, and a third eye appears on its forehead. This new, unblinking eye is oval yellow and allows it to see into other dimensions. The spikes on Mega Gengar's back are more numerous and pointed, and additional spikes appear on its hands and tails. Its ears are now considerably longer and tilt backwards. Uh Oh, and Gengar also has a Gigantamax form. As Gigantamax Gengar, it becomes larger with portions of its body sinking into the ground, and only the head, tail, and arms remain. Its body changes from dark purple to light purple, and its eyes become white with yellow sclera. The inside of its mouth changes to resemble a tunnel with a long purple stun sticking out. Three red clouds around the top of Gengar's head. Alright, some Pokédex, and there's a lot of Pokédex entries on Gengar, so we'll get them going. Pokemon Red and Blue states under a full moon. This Pokemon likes to mimic the shadows of people and laugh at their fright.
1: That's awesome.
0: Uh, yeah. So, I this is what I waited for. This one I think I can't wait for as we get farther along because I think Pokemon are just going to become more creepy. There's a lot more creepy Pokemon, uh, like uh that one I sent you the other day via text. Yes, yes. I don't even remember the hat. It's Hat-something and Hatena. And yeah, can't wait, because Pokemon just get more creepy as they go, and especially when they bring in more ghost Pokemon and psychic types. A Pokemon Stadium says, appears to attack people who get lost in the mountains, said to be the culprit behind the shadows that laugh in the moonlight. So Gengar's just out there attacking people in the mountains.
1: That sounds like a way to live your life, though. Good for him. (laughs) A Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire says,
0: Sometimes on a dark night, your shadow thrown by a streetlight will suddenly and startlingly overtake you. It is actually a Gengar running past you pretending to be your shadow. So if you're ever walking and you see your shadow just move past you, it's actually a Gengar. A Pokemon Sun says, Should you feel yourself attacked by a sudden chill, it is evidence of an approaching Gengar. There is no escaping it.
1: Give up. That's kind of (laughs) creepy. Like, you're basically just doomed.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, I don't know if you've noticed, but my favorite Pokedex entries are from Ruby and Sapphire are always big, but the Pokemon Sun and Moon ones are always interesting to read as well. Uh, Pokemon Moon says, It apparently wishes for a traveling companion, since it was once human itself. It tries to create one by taking the lives of other humans.
1: That is ultra creepy, and I had never considered before that Gengar, like, actually might be dead people. Yeah, it's just looking for a friend. Yes, a very unhealthy friendship. Um, Ultra
0: Moon set, oh no, Ultra Sun. You can hear tales told all over the world about how Gengar will pay a visit to children who are naughty.
1: And do what with them, Jeff? Well,
0: either become their shadow, or kill them to become their friends.
1: oh my hey you can tell your daughter about that
0: yeah i'm sure she'd love to know that her dad's favorite pokemon is really creepy (laughs) uh ultra moon says even your home isn't safe Gengar will lurk in whatever dark corner of a room it can find and wait for its chance to catch its prey uh and then here's a mega pokedex entry from ultra sun it says It tries to take the lives of anyone and everyone. It will even try to curse the trainer who is its master. Then why would you even want to train a Gengar if that was a possibility? Because you enjoy fear. I guess. And then here's a Gigantamax Pokedex entry from Pokemon Shield. It says, It lays traps hoping to steal the lives of those it catches. If you stand in front of its mouth, you'll hear your loved one's voices calling out to you.
1: Ah, that's sad and horrible at the same
0: time. Especially on Valentine's Day, the day we're recording this. I know. It's
1: very fitting.
0: Yeah, and then some trivia about Gengar. Just one little fact. Gengar is Ken Sugimori's favorite Pokemon. Uh, Do you know who Ken Sugimori is? No, I do not. So Ken Sugimori is the person who draws up all the concept art of the Pokemon. Like the typical Pokemon art you will see. Like, when you see think of a Gengar, you'll see that typical picture of a Gengar. Kinsugomori drew
1: that. Okay, that makes sense.
0: So yeah, and so, that was our very creepy Uh, po- Who's
1: That Pokemon segment about Gengar. Who's that? Yeah, it was uh, interesting who's that Pokemon, but very long. I feel like I need Misty's gong to wake up the listeners if they've hung in this long. Like, wake up, it's morning!
0: I feel like this one had a lot of interesting facts that people will would enjoy. This one was... It wasn't all boring facts here.
1: That is very true. We've had much more boring who's that Pokemon than this one. This one was just kind of creepy because, like, we really get to realize that Gengar is a bad Ombre. I mean... We did learn
0: about Ghastly a couple episodes ago, and he, like, suffocates his foes and everything. And, spoiler alert, we'll get to learn about Haunter next week.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm kind of excited to hear about that.
0: Yeah, so we got the first evolution, the third evolution, and we'll hit the
1: middle one next week. Excellent, excellent. I, I really like this trio of Pokemon. Yes. They're delightfully creepy. So, if you recall from before the Who's That Pokemon, uh, Ash and his party had fled from the tower in fear after they were basically ambushed by the ghost Pokemon uh, who started making furniture float around a room and throwing it at them. So, they fled from the tower, and they're standing outside, panting and out of breath after probably running, oh, what I would guesstimate, about 20 feet. So, they really need to work on their cardio. But I shouldn't talk too much because they look like I do after 10 minutes on Ring Fit level 10. Yes. Brock and Misty say that they are not going back into the tower because it is too scary and Ash seems disappointed because he still needs to catch his ghost Pokemon. He looks to Pikachu and Charmander to see if they will help him and they also seem reluctant to go. Charmander unnecessarily blows fire out of his mouth and burns everyone yet again. Not cool little dude. But Ash is not deterred, and he gives them a pep talk about how they have to face their fears if they ever want to beat the psychic-type Pokemon. The pep talk works, and Charmander and Pikachu actually agree to go back into the Tower of Evil with him. Misty and Brock, of course, still say that they are not coming, and quite frankly, I don't blame them. Back inside the tower, we see Ash, Pikachu, and Charmander walking around in the dark, calling out for ghost Pokemon to come out and introduce themselves. They come upon the hole from before and hear moaning coming from inside. Ash pulls out his Pokédex to see about Ghost Pokémon, because apparently he has waited until now to do this, and it says that Ghost Pokémon are in vapor form and that their true nature is shrouded in mystery. Ash says, oh well, I guess I'll try to solve the mystery. He then hears Team Rocket arguing with one another at the bottom of the hole. However, Ash thinks uh, they are ghost Pokemon, so he does not know that it's Team Rocket. So he has Pikachu shock into the hole, which electrocutes Team Rocket. It appears that uh, Ash can't see into the hole, so he just starts blasting attacks down it like any responsible Pokemon trainer would do. He then has Charmander use Flamethrower, which sets them on fire. So he's just, like, shooting these shots down into the hole. Like, he's he's not going to check what's there. He's just going to assume and start attacking it. After this, Ash sends down a Pokeball. So he's like, all right, surely whatever's down there, I have beaten to a pulp. And so he throws down his Pokeball to catch it, and it hits Jessie in the face. She begins crying and looks up to see it is Ash. She gets really mad, but soon realizes that her hair is on fire from Charmander's attack, and she begins running around screaming while her hair is destroyed by the flames. Back at the top, however, Ash comes face-to-face with a Haunter who scares him. He pulls out his Pokédex, and it says that Haunter is a gaseous Pokémon, but there is no further information.
0: Yeah, and before I make my comment about that, I just want to say I thought it was hilarious because Ash, Charmander, throws his flamethrower down, and all Ash sees is this fireball running in circles. Right, right. Uh, and then, this makes no sense. Why would the Pokedex not have information on Haunter? It told us about Ghastly a few episodes back.
1: Right, I, I don't understand it. It's like being real mysterious about the ghost-type Pokemon, but like in the games, they're like, oh, here's everything you need to know about them. Generally speaking, they're going to kill you. Yeah. Ash tries to send out Charmander, so he sees the Haunter and he's like, I'm going to catch this. So he sends out Charmander, but Haunter disappears and ends up behind Ash. It begins to poke his shoulder and Ash thinks it's Pikachu, so he tells Pikachu not to bother him. However, he soon realizes it is, ha- it is Haunter. He gets startled, but then tells Charmander to use Lear. But Haunter just laughs at Charmander and licks his face. Ash pulls back Charmander and goes, Do you really think I am afraid of you? and uh but then a gengar comes out of the floor and swats ash over the head with what appears to be a closed paper fan they begin to laugh at ash so this whole thing is not going well ash sends out charmander charmander just completely fails gets licked in the face which is disgusting and unhygienic and then uh gengar comes out of the floor and hits him so ash of course pulls out his pokedex again which this must be a record for the number of times he's pulled out his pokedex in an episode and it says that there is no information about Gengar.
0: So again, was Professor Oak just getting lazy when he made the parts of the Pokedex with these two?
1: Yeah, it must have been the end of a long day, and he's like, you know, I'm just not feeling this. Gengar and Haunter then begin putting on a show for Ash, trying to make him laugh, but Ash keeps uh, saying that it doesn't do anything for him, so they're like, you know, doing slapstick comedy routine, trying to get Ash to laugh, And they get sad and float through the floor, leaving Ash behind after Ash basically just tells them that he doesn't think that they're funny and so on and so forth. After this little show, Ash decides, so he sees them float through the floor and he's like, oh, I gotta get them. So he jumps to the floor where Gengar and and Haunter just floated down. And as he hits the floor, this like massive chandelier above him begins to shake and falls down on top of Ash and Pikachu. An electric discharge occurs from Pikachu, and this causes the chandelier to light up on top of them. Ghastly, Haunter, and Gengar then appear, uh, reappear laughing. They think that this is hilarious that this massive 50-pound chandelier has fallen on Ash's head, uh, and that's probably why he isn't waking up. This concerns Gengar, so Gengar's like, oh wow, maybe that kid's actually dead or something to that effect. But Haunter begins laughing and reaches down to them. He pulls their spirits out of their bodies, and Ash and Pikachu, you are going to be hearing this correctly, come out as ghosts.
0: And so let's rewind a bit and go back to our Who's That Pokemon segment. Do you remember why Gengar, what Gengar does with children?
1: Uh, we discussed it. Apparently kills children and makes them its friends.
0: Isn't this just kind of what they did?
1: Yes, it is exactly what they did. They killed Ash and Pikachu. Ash and Pikachu are presently dead. They are ghosts. Yeah, and they want to be friends with them. Right, right. I love when it goes full circle like that. It did go full circle. We did not plan that. So after being pulled out of their bodies, Ash looks down to see his body and begins to freak out, saying that he doesn't want to be a ghost yet but Haunter grabs them and they all float to the top of the tower and begin looking at the city below. Ash looks down to see Brock and Misty, completely undeterred by this fairly traumatic experience, and decides that he wants to scare Misty and Brock. So, like, he's literally just died, he's been pulled out of his body, he's a ghost, and he's, like, you know, briefly startled by this, and now all of a sudden he's just back to regular Ash, like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna play a joke on them because I'm dead! So Ash looks down to see Misty and Brock and 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 he floats down and he picks up Misty who appears to not be able to see him and then he drops Misty from a great height into Brock's arms so that they both hit the ground. All right, I just
0: want to say that wow because if Brock was not there to catch her, I mean she would have been died to, she would have been dead as well. She'd have been died hard, Jeff. Yeah, like Ash did not think this through. He's like I'm just going to pick her flyer up as far as I can and just drop
1: her. Right, exactly. But fortunately, Brock was able to catch her, so we don't have any ghost Misty. So Misty thinks something terrible has happened to Ash, apparently she recognized his voice as that of one of the ghosts, and they go running into the tower as Ash and Pikachu float around the city with the ghost Pokemon having a grand time and laughing. I did not expect this turn of events to occur. Like literally Ash and Pikachu are dead and they're flying around the city with three ghost Pokemon just laughing and giggling and having a good time. The ghost Pokemon then bring Ash back to the tower and show him a room full of toys. Ash thinks that it is great and the ghost Pokemon begin playing with them. It then dawns on Ash that they just wanted somebody to play with. So this whole time, he's like, oh, you guys just wanted a friend. You just want someone to play with. And this is really unhealthy relationship advice again, Jeff. It's not cool to literally kill people so that they have to play with you forever in the afterlife. That's just not a good thing to do to people. But that's what Gengars do. And Ash, apparently, because he tried (laughs) to kill Misty before. Yeah. Ash then tells them that he is sorry, but he can't stay and play with them because he still has too many people to beat to become a Pokémon master but he says he will miss them since they have had a wonderful five minutes flying around together. And I added that last part, Ash did not say that, but literally this whole thing has been like five minutes and they're acting like they're old friends about to part. The ghost Pokemon begin to cry in sadness at what's happening. The ghosts all float back to where Ash and Pikachu's dead bodies are laying and we see that Misty and Brock uh, are begging them to wake up. I guess they don't know CPR or anything, and I'm also guessing that they haven't called for help.
0: Yeah, and in the Japanese original, Misty actually states that Ash cannot die on her instead of, you know, just saying, you know, I can't Wake up, wake up! Yeah, she's like, wake up, wake up! And she actually says, Ash, you can't die on me. And I guess they just didn't want to explicitly mention death in the English
1: dub, even though he did kind of die. He did literally die. He's dead. So yes, I, I agree. That's kind of interesting. They're probably like, oh, we don't really want to deal with the whole death theme in a children's show. Ash and Pikachu's ghosts then float back into their bodies and they wake up. Apparently, they just decided to not be dead anymore, Jeff. They've just said, we're not going to be dead. And they float back into their bodies. That must be nice. They wake up and exchange pleasantries with Brock and Misty about how great it is not being dead anymore. We see that Misty had been crying. The party then looks up to see the three ghost Pokemon laughing with happiness. We then change scenes where it is now daytime and Ash and his party are walking along the path away from the tower. Ash claims that he couldn't catch the Pokemon and Misty asks how he will beat Sabrina. Ash suggests that he will just have to use his sense of humor as a haunter floats up behind Misty and scares the crap out of her. Brock and Misty go running away, and as this happens, the narrator explains that Haunter has actually agreed to join Ash since they had so much fun together. Isn't that nice? We then flash back to Inside the Tower and see the other two ghost Pokémon have tied Team Rocket to a carousel and are spinning it around really fast while Team Rocket is screaming. Team Rocket says, Looks like Team Rocket's throwing up again, as to be continued comes across the screen ending our episode and making us wonder how long these two ghost pokemon are going to play around with team rocket before they kill them and make them stay there for all of eternity but i do want to say tyler you got your vomiting at the end here there i did i didn't get to see the vomiting but i did get it and you said there wouldn't be any yeah i know wrong Jeff. i I was wrong i will admit it uh but yeah, I
0: really, this is one of my favorite episodes, and I was so excited knowing that this was the episode we were going to
1: watch this week. Yes, yeah, so I always remembered it being one of my favorites as well, so I was glad I was able to revisit it. Uh, ghost Pokemon have, uh, like, my f- three favorite types of
0: Pokemon have always been Ghost, Psychic, and um Dragon, so getting to see, and uh, Generation 1 didn't have a lot of Ghost Pokemon, so getting to see them was a lot of fun.
1: Yes, absolutely. And just overall is a rock solid episode. had some weird stuff in it, but it was rock solid
0: yeah, and if you want to tell us what you thought of the episode, please make sure to tweet us at Pokemon Snapshot, or you can email us at the Snapshot at gmail.com Also, if you could please give us a review on the podcast listening app of your choice and let other Pokemon fans like yourself discover us. uh so Tyler, is there anything else you would like to add? No, I'm good. I uh, threw all my comments into the episode already. All right, so please join us next week when we are going to watch episode 24, Haunter vs. Kadabra.
1: I am really looking forward to this showdown.